0: Canuck Central, this hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned VC company, helping local business since 1892. It is the mailbag. Yes, mailbag Friday here on Canuck Central. Sat will send out a tweet every Friday morning asking you for questions. You populate it on Twitter, and we answer as many as we can. During this segment It is the most popular mailbag In the Lower Mainland I believe Yes,
1: it is I mean, hey Downloads don't lie This is generally good mail Yes This is the type of mail you want to get (laughs) Not bills Actually, I
0: feel like that's kind of flipped Like, most people get paper bills now Or, like, uh, digital bills Yeah Right? So, like, most of the stuff you get sent to your house You've actually ordered
1: now, like, your emails become your bills and your spam folder. Yes. Like, you get all these, like, coupons and stuff sent to you. I don't know how it happens or whatever. <laughs> well, some of it's worth it. Like, it, see, I, I will say I used to hate, like, those types of spam mails. Yeah. Except for now when I get discount codes for places I <laughs> shop. They, then all of a sudden it's it's really You're good. You're a big fan. So yeah. every day now I check. No. And, and certain things that I that I get, if they have sales, certain places, I'll you know I, I'll click on it and I'll go check it out and I'll use the code because it's worth it if you're getting stuff all the time. This weekend only forty percent off. Like for instance, Sage. They yeah. do sales every once in a while. Is for, it Sage or Sage? I don't know. It's not Sage, hmm. is it?
0: Is, could it be Sage? Does I anybody no know idea. about this? Okay. That seems
1: way too pretentious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh, aromatics
1: store. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, diffuser and blend, yep. stuff like that. I mean, because if you have a diffuser, you get blends. Yeah. And when it, when there's a sale, you, you stock up.
0: Overrated, underrated uh, diffusers. Oh, totally underrated. Yeah, they're very good. Very calming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially certain scents.
1: And they're terrific after you cook and stuff. Yeah. So, like, you know, you want to freshen the place up. Get the smell
0: of the uh, pasta I just made out, out of the house. Yeah.
1: I yeah. want garlic everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right, enough of that. Time for your questions. Uh, GP, would you consider Edley, Edler, Edley, <laughs> Edley, would you consider Alex Edler, Eagle, at d- a deeply
1: discounted one year deal? Sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, when we talk about depth guys, like for instance, God love Brad Hunt. And if you want to bring him back for any f- coming fights for a spot, great, whatever. I mean, sure, why not? I mean, you need depth all the time. If you can get him for a discount price, sure. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, if Edler, with the way he's played, if he wants to keep playing, why would he take a discount? And yeah. why would he leave L.A.?
0: Why would he leave L.A.? And that spot's taken up now in Vancouver. Yeah. Like, you want to you wanna have room on the left side for Jack Rathbone,
1: yeah. right? Well, and and I think if you're going to make that type of bet, do, do it on somebody who's... The left side version of Kyle Burroughs, for instance. Right. Or someone like that, a Luke Shen, for instance, whatever. Somebody that you're signed to a two-year minimum contract or something, or that's a, a guy you're taking a bet on that could become something for you, potentially. Uh, Eagle had a great year in L.A.,
0: um, but at the same time, like he was also ready to move on from Vancouver. When, he
1: uh, very, I mean, this is a guy who played his whole career here, was drafted yeah. here, was always an upstanding Canuck. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm out. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) There were were reasons. Uh, Ronnie Canuck. Does Will Lockwood
0: have a future with Vancouver? He has shown tremendous speed, but no finish.
1: And I think it's a really, really good question. Because is Will Lockwood going to be the next, say, Brandon Reed type guy who has a lot of speed? Mm -hmm. And obviously Brandon Reed wasn't physical. He was more of an offensive guy, but never got anywhere. But... Or does he become a guy that can be the next Tyler Mott to some degree? I would say this: he has not shown neither so far in the AHL in the eighty games he's played so far, nor in the NCAA that he would score at the same rate Tyler Mott did. Tyler Mott scored scored about fifty goals in in the, in the NCAA, and um, Will Lockwood had about thirty seven. Yeah, and they played about the same amount of games. And um, the goal-scoring rate in the AHL was also better for Tyler Mott. So I don't know if he Lockwood has a goal-scoring, but I do think he's a guy capable of being a fourth-line player here long-term. Yes.
0: I could see, you know, like he needs a little bit more finish to his game. Maybe that comes. He, he certainly had enough chances. I still worry about the injuries. Like Can yeah. he play the way that he needs to play? Because at the end of the year, he had an upper-body injury, and the Canucks said it themselves, it's an old injury that's popped back up again, and we know he had shoulder issues yeah. uh, going back to his college days. So I do I do worry about how his body will hold up playing that sort of a style.
1: I, I think that's, a, that's the biggest question with him. It is health. You're right. Yeah. The, the example I'd make, actually. I shouldn't have said Brandon Reed. That's not a good example at all. Ronald Kennons. You don't want to be the next Ronald Kennons, <laughs> Physical fourth liner that's not here after a little bit of a flash.
0: I would have mind being Ronald Kennons. Had a flash. Had a flash in the in the show, you know. Yeah, I mean, hey, for us, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me, I'm like struggling playing uh, nineteen plus beer league on a Tuesday night. <laughs> um, this one, info kid. If you had to trade one player, would it be Besser Miller or Garland, and why?
1: I'm trading Miller. Hmm. I mean, if I, if I could sign Miller to a to a contract I like, I would do that. So I mean, listen. All things, I think the question is hypothetical, not just yeah. about like, hey, which player if you could and say hypothetically, all things equal, you could have the same amount of control. The guy I'd move out of those three: Connor Garland.
0: I know. Yeah, I know. I knew cool. you were going to say that. <laughs> Why? Why would I think anything different? And I not like Connor Garland. I'm sure, even, sure I, you do. You're just trading him away all the time. You're
1: forcing me to make a decision. <laughs> He's too small. No, not to me. He's not. But I mean, Boudreaux brings it up all the time. He does.
0: I um. Look, it, it's not even a question about talent. It's again just comes back to the age of Miller and the contract situation. You know, like I don't know. Randomly, I'll be like sipping at, on a spro at home and I'll just start thinking about JT Miller's next contract. Like, yeah, geez, what a dweeb you are. Um, you
1: know, but our, like, our job it consists <laughs> a lot of like random thoughts at like times you'd never think we'd be sitting here thinking about sports. Like a Thursday night at 11 yeah. o'clock. Yeah. You're just randomly thinking about what the Canucks might be doing.
0: So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting there having my coffee and thinking to myself, like, why wouldn't JT be open to like, Six years, seven and a half million per. There it is. You know? I do, seven and a half? I do less of the slurping. Yes. Thank you very much. Oh, so you're not a big slurper? <laughs> no. Okay. At least I try not to be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody else would have to tell me that. Like six years, seven and a half million. That's what? Forty-five and a half? half If yeah.
1: I do the number correct in my head. Man, if I'm JT though, uh, 45. Do you get that same contract next year? And okay, maybe you get six times six. Yeah, you lose nine. I think there's a plus. huge risk for Miller
0: if he goes to another team and doesn't have as big of a role he has in Vancouver, and all of a sudden he's no longer worth seven plus million.
1: No, I don't, I don't disagree necessarily, but at the same time, he also is coming off a big year and has a chance to bet on himself. And maybe if he has a good year, like if, for instance, we're sitting here talking about his value may not be as high next year. What if next year he hits 100 points? Yeah. You tell me someone's not giving him 10 million per year? Well, that's if he stays with the
0: Canucks, though. Like, I could see Miller going over 90 points again with Vancouver. If he's somewhere else, yeah. I don't
1: know. And I mean, that, that's a fair point. And that ultimately may play a big part into it. But I don't know $45 million, If he does, maybe. I mean, if I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to look at it objectively. Yeah. He's saying to himself, he has a chance, potentially, even if he gets traded and signs with another team, to sign for maybe fifty-five, sixty million. $60 Yeah why take 45 when 55 60 could be on the table i think the number again i've, I've been saying this forever yeah. is about 50 million that's a number that really makes them think or 48 i think you have to you have to move over you have to be close to 50 i think if you're around, close to 50 you make him think if you're not then you, it's like what am i having this big year for if i'm not getting that big contract if i'm you, not getting 50 million at least like i just had a 99. point season if i want yeah. if i i thought all along i could get 6 by 7 so why am I settling for that now?
0: If the Canucks are set on term and not going beyond six years, how do you get to $49, $50 million?
1: Well, that's, I, I don't know if they're willing to go to that number at five, four, five years, at $10 million per year. Yeah. I mean, that's superstar money. even now. And Rutherford and Alvines Alvin said himself, that they're not looking to pay anybody superstar money this year. Even if it's a short AAV, you pay somebody $10 plus million, that's superstar money. Yeah. So I just don't see that being possible. I can see them being like, okay... Here's eight and a half or eight and a half for three years. Well, why would JT take that? Yeah.
0: Uh, Canuck man on the on the Miller trade <laughs> as well. Um, what's the likelihood he gets traded this summer? 80%? Ooh,
1: ooh I'd say... Ooh. I'm going to say 60%. Man, I was close. I was going to say the same number. I, I'll hedge because I'm a coward at, at the moment. <laughs> 55%. Okay. Uh, Do you think Brock
0: Besser is worth his $7.5 million qualifying offer? That is from The
1: Rocket. For the production, no. For a long-term contract, no. For keeping the asset, yes.
0: So Rutherford has talked about this. Willing to do the qualifying offer should they be unable to find a happy medium. I think everybody in the world, Brock himself knows he's not worth seven and a half million dollars after the season he just had no right and it was always going to be a very difficult number to get to like and brock's not the only player in this situation but matthew kachuk right now has a nine million dollar qualifying offer that is two million dollars more than what his current average annual value is now is matthew kachuk worth nine million on a long-term contract probably He's played and has done that. He's got a 100-point season in his back pocket. Brock Besser is nowhere near that. Timo Meyer, who's a restricted free agent at the end of next season, has a $10 million qualifying offer. Yep. As good as Timo Meyer has been, he ain't worth a $10 million qualifying offer.
1: No, and that's the hedge the players were able to get in their contracts. And the NHL has since changed the rule in the CBA. Exactly. And that doesn't exist anymore. It's a way to give the, the player a bit of a hammer when they didn't have, say, Arbright's. Yep. And they, don't ha- they can't be offer for instance, at times. So that was Besser's situation. He had no leverage. Yeah. So the only thing he got in the end was a high AAV for the qualifying offer. One year, $7.5 The reason you do the one-year bet, even if you want to trade him, is if he has a big year, then he becomes an asset. Because he's an RFA. He's a player that doesn't have a contract. He's like the Sam Reinhardt situation. Yeah. So all of a sudden, his value becomes pretty high. So it just makes no sense for you to walk from Brock Besser if it's a one-year seven point five million dollar deal. As much as you don't like the AAV for one year, uh, Brian, which
0: player is movable for an asset? Dickinson, Myers, or Pullman? Uh, we've talked about this a bunch. I still believe it's Tyler Myers.
1: Oh yeah, Myers is definitely a player. I mean, and Sarah Valley talked about this, and yeah. we've been discussing this a lot. And he mentioned he's a guy that yeah, you have to you have to take some money back. But Not as much as people think. Maybe yep. a million a year, because he's he's owed eleven million the next two years. He's a big signing bonus coming up for his final year. Yeah. But if you eat even a million per season, all of a sudden that's nine million. You tell me, nine million for two years of Tyler Myers is a ridiculous number that teams can't swallow. Of course they can. Four and a half million per year for him. They're like, they're, that's pretty fair for a guy that we're looking to do what he's looking to do, that, that that he can provide. What he can provide. Again, this is
0: go look at the right shot defenseman on the open market. You'll see Chris Letang, you'll see John Klingberg, yeah. And if the Canucks were to make Myers available in trade, you know, like he'd be better than any other guy that's out there on the free agent market outside of those guys, outside of those two, yeah.
1: Because you go through the market, there ain't a ton of guys on the right side. And at five million per year for a defenseman, especially when for you only see the two years that, what, for for the longest time, NHL defenseman salaries were kind of around the six seven million dollar mark. Remember, it wasn't super high, and then it's yeah. broken through now. You're getting guys getting paid over nine million per season. So so that's, that's, that 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 ceiling has really risen the last few years. So all of a sudden, a guy making six or five, especially if it's a short term, isn't all that ridiculous for a lot of teams.
0: Uh, this one comes from uh, Nick. Uh, we talked a little bit about this first hour of the show. You can find the, 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 the longer discussion on the Canucks assistants uh, on, uh, on the first hour of the podcast from today. But Nick asks, do you think there will be more movement on the assistant coaches and any thoughts on up-and-comers Canucks could be interested in? Um, the Bruce Boudreau conversation on the Bob McCowan podcast, you mentioned Scott Walker retiring, so the Canucks... Uh, will be looking to replace his spot on their bench, but um, beyond that, it's uh, it's still an evaluation period of how the Canucks bench will set up. Probably, likely, Brad Shaw is safe. Beyond that, uh, maybe more question marks. That
1: yeah, I, I mean, I don't know to be honest. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know what's going on, but. Um, what I do believe is that announcement wasn't supposed to be made by Boudreaux, right. So, um, Boudreaux you know, would jump the gun. Now, I think what they wanted to do is have more information and about what, who's coming back and who's not on all those sort of things before they made a, made a, an official statement on it. So we'll see what the official statement says. All I'm saying is there's probably going to be official word coming on these situations and that just hasn't happened yet. Um, the one guy I would say to keep an eye on, and we'll see if he wants to get back into things. But now the Scott Walkers walked away. Would be Scott Stevens, who is available. He uh, left a while back too. He used to be in Minnesota with Boudreaux. He he uh, he pulled away for family reasons and all that sort of stuff. But it's been a couple of years, and if he's willing to get back into things, I could see him being a candidate. That would be an interesting name. Real presence. Yes.
0: Uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, bench coach. Like uh, a lot of players, kind of like that. Uh, Ray, with this question: Who are the Sedin's learning from? Where are they in their progression? What is it? Is their long-term fit for them? That is from uh, Ray, the mailbag Friday question on Henrik and Daniel Sedin and their management progress. I believe we've talked about this in the past, but um, you know maybe we pegged the to eventually take over, you know, a big role like GM and president and something like that. But uh, is it possible that
1: they become more of a Stan Smil type? It is possible. And what I believe, though, is that they're still carving out ultimately what they want to do. And they're very very methodical individuals. And they're very patient. And they're happy to learn and, you know, take their time to figure stuff out. I don't think they're fully you know this they've fully decided exactly what they want to do long term i do believe the development side of things is something that they do enjoy and it will be interesting to see if both stay in the same departments so or that changes as time goes on but i'd say that we're, we are a ways away from those individuals taking on official capacity big roles like agm director of this and that yada yada um this question
0: coming from Cole. Ethan Baer from Carolina. Thoughts? And would you trade Pedersen straight up for Jack Hughes?
1: So uh, on the Jack Hughes front, no. Um, I wouldn't trade Pedersen straight up for Jack Hughes. Um, Even
0: with the cost certainty that Jack Hughes would bring?
1: Yes. I just think Pedersen, what he's shown, and I know Jack Hughes is super skilled. Is, uh, Jack Patterson, Hughes is
0: going to be a 100-point player yeah, at I mean, some
1: point. Yeah, but he doesn't have the two-way. Mm. ability and I mean Boudreau if you listen to the Bob McCown interview what did he say about Pedersen has as good an anticipation as anybody's seen and yeah. said there's f- so much more to his game that he can do and he kind of dropped the comparison to Nick Backstrom and you know so it, it, I I just think with what what Pedersen's ultimate upside is as a two way player and the fact that he has more length in his game too I don't know man I just don't I don't Why? see it. I don't see it. What was the What was the other question? Ethan Bear. Yeah. Yes.
0: You like Ethan Bear? Yeah, I like Ethan Bear. It's not really worked. Been a trade that worked out for either team. No. Uh, I liked Ethan Bear in Edmonton. Hasn't really gone well for him in Carolina. I liked Warren Fogle in Carolina. Hasn't really worked out for him in yeah. in Edmonton. It's kind of weird how uh, how that works. But sometimes you know fit. Does matter a ton, but uh, if you were asking me, I, like I'd look at both of those players. If I were the Canucks, Warren Fogle and
1: Ethan Bear, should they be available in trade? Well, um, I think what hurt him too was Tony D'Angelo Yes, you know, I mean, huge year, you know, huge year, and Ethan Bear comes in and he's supposed to get a chance there, and then all of a sudden, because Ethan has more offensive upside to his game, he's not this big physical defenseman. So when you have Pesce and you already have. Um, Tony D'Angelo playing those big minutes, and all of a sudden he kind of becomes a guy that doesn't quite fit as a third-pair guy on that team.
0: Uh, Brett Pesha would be a fantastic fit yes. on the
1: Vancouver Canucks. On a lot of teams.
0: <laughs> How does Carolina sign all these guys at like $4 million bucks? It's unbelievable. Uh, all right, let's uh, get to some non-Canucks questions here uh, before the mailbag is done. Uh, Would you toss your favorite hat at a Canucks game if a player scored a hat
1: trick? That's from uh, JL. Uh, No. And I wouldn't wear, I I mean, I probably wouldn't wear my favorite hat to a hockey game for that reason, generally. Is this in reference to Keith Kachuk? Yes. Like, the thing is,
0: Keith Kachuk has oodles and oodles of money. He can buy 10 of his favorite hats if he wanted to. Yeah, but
1: what if that hat is special to him?
0: (laughs) That specific one? Yeah.
1: Maybe he really likes got that Got some sentimental value, and, and maybe he has a type of head that needs to work a hat in. Yeah, and now he's broken that hat in. He's like, nah, I, I can't do a new hat. It does look like it. He's got a big head. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not throw my hat at a game. No, no, same. I'm not. I'm not big. I mean, I mean, I mean power to fans that do. But I don't think you should be obligated to throw your hat at a game. I just. Like I'm a fan
0: of the sport, but I think if you're throwing the hat, you're probably a fan of the player or the team.
2: Here's your problem yeah. solver: buy tickets every single time directly behind the net. Well, oh, you can't throw <laughs> your hat exactly. What am I supposed to do? Is exactly? <laughs> you're under gonna... no obligation to toss it because it's going to get blocked.
0: Uh, I remember um, when Encarnacion had a hat trick of home runs for the Blue Jays, and people started throwing their hats down he was like, why is everybody throwing their hats?
1: <laughs> He's like, he doesn't understand what's going on. <laughs> and was all confused.
0: Like, Edwin, how long have you been in Toronto? You never watched a hockey game?
1: Well, the Leafs stunk for most of those years, so he
0: probably no never saw a hat
2: to. trick. <laughs> Not in Toronto. And how much time was he spending in Toronto from October to the start of the season? This
0: is also true. Very, very uh, shrewd point from producer Eddie Gregory. Uh, YVR Gunda. If Tampa Bay pulls off the three-peat, where do they rank in the list of NHL dynasties? Does the fact they would have Ooh. won two in COVID-affected seasons taint
1: their legacy? No. not. I mean, why would it taint their legacy? I mean, if anything, those were two of the hardest ones to win, given what was going on around the world, uh, how, life, how hard that was on families, the isolation they had to go through during that time, the focus it took. Yep. Um. No, not at all. It doesn't diminish it to me, not one iota. Where does it rank? That's an excellent question because I have a hard time, as much as you talk about the great Canadians teams and Leafs teams back in the day, it was like six teams. Yeah. Like we talk about those, those, those. If we talk, about, I think modern era is how we should look at it. Yeah. There's, no, there's, there's Mont- no context to those teams.
0: Montreal also had an unfair advantage yes. with their, like, you know, Uh, priority over French-Canadian players for so long.
2: Exactly. Here's what would make a Tampa Cup this time around a little bit more special than everything else. As you mentioned, they had the two COVID Cups in 2020 in the bubble, and then last year. But then they had to win a third in a full 82-game season. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 100%. 100%, I mean, the the only team... In the cap
0: era, too, with all the changes they've had to make on the roster, like...
1: Their only rival... I mean, you could make the case about the, the Habs in the 70s. Yeah. Habs in the 70s. Oilers, Islanders teams. Oilers, Islanders, and Red Wings. Red Wings in the 20-year era. But even era. the Red
0: Wings. The Red Wings had the benefit of outspending everybody. They did. but n- To a al- massive degree, outside of like the
1: Leafs and the Rangers. But they also won in the cap era.
0: Yeah. The one cup in the cap
1: era. Yeah. Area. So they did get a cup in the cap era, which I give them credit for. So, I mean, they would rank... Would you put them ahead of the Red Wings? The Red Wings never won three in a row, but there was long more longevity to their success.
2: I might just because three in a row is so hard. Yeah, so hard. Hasn't been done since the Oilers.
1: Yeah, so they would rank right behind the Oilers, uh, Islanders, and the Habs.
2: And nobody would be surprised if Tampa somewhere along the way just runs out of gas in this playoff yeah. run and doesn't get it done.
1: Well, and the thing with Tampa too is how much more, how much longer is the window? Is it a four-year window? Is it a three-year window? Is it five years? Could they win two more, or another one after this too? Yeah. Uh final one going to AJ, Apple versus Android. Um honestly I'm not educated enough on Androids to make a <laughs> So you're uh, an Apple
0: guy, so com- you just answered. Yeah, I'm an you're, Apple guy. Uh, yeah, but Apple. I can't
1: sit here and tell you that Apple's better than Android. I'm just an
0: Apple guy. Huh. You choose Apple over Android, so you think Apple is better than
1: Android. Well, I mean, I- I'd say for work we get phones, okay. and the work phone we get is uh, stop a stop sitting Apple on the phone. fence. You're an Apple guy. I mean, Were you an Apple, an, Apple an
0: Apple guy before you got a, a phone from
1: work? Yeah, but I've had Androids okay. in the past. I used to have Blackberries, and I ha- and I did have an Android for a while.
2: It yeah. wasn't very good.
0: Anybody um, behind the glass, an Android person?
2: I'm an Android person. Oh, oh you're an that guy. I am that guy. Yep. Yeah.
1: Ben Turn is not an Android guy.
2: It works for me. I don't care what anyone else. does.
1: I, I will say this though: <laughs> if if your phone is an is an i is an iPhone Apple product, then all your other products being Apple makes everything a lot easier. Oh yeah. So I have AirPods and iPad and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's one thing I would. But
2: say. But I I am that guy too. I'm the guy that has iPads and a MacBook, but I don't combine it with my phone.
1: See, you're just you're just an odd duckling. That's, I am an odd yeah. <laughs> duckling. And
2: proud I, of it. I need <laughs> symmetry,
0: man. You know, like I, I'm I'm weird like that. Like. uh even my golf bag right now. I got some new clubs, but like half, I mean, some of my golf bag is like old dirt, and then like and now I've got these new shiny ones, ooh. and now I'm like, well, I need more new shiny ones uh, so that they match with the other new shiny ones. I'm yeah. the
2: type that gets loyal to a product to a fault. <laughs> Once I fall, all right. Of the so same I'm not alone. Product, thank
0: you. That's the I'm that's all what in. I'm a,
1: I'm a, Yeah, I need a new. I need a new putter. Oh, and I was checking prices.
2: <laughs> golf equipment is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, so. It's
2: not the tool, it's usually the operator. Yeah, it's <laughs> general. I just need
1: it because the the putter I have is just not, it's it's like the. It's not tum- draining enough putts, we get it. No, I, no, definitely not. But it's like a tummy yeah. putter. Like, I need a. Why don't you just got to regrip. Get it regripped. I could, I guess. I, that usually works. It's cheaper, I think.
0: All right, maybe I'll do that. I found out uh, Ben Turn is like a crazy good golfer.
1: Really? Turn his mic Can on. Can we flip
0: his mic on?
2: Yeah, I'm okay. I'm good.
0: You got a tournament this weekend or what?
2: Nope. Well, One nope. last weekend, and then I got this weekend off. Okay. I'll be back tournament season in a couple weeks. Yeah. But I have really. a point about the Android thing and the okay. Apple
1: thing. Yeah, a, please please share. When
2: I send a text on iMessage and it goes green to someone, that's a red flag. You <laughs> like he, send a green text message, and I'm like, is it oh, number? Like, what's going on right it, now? It is, very, uh, I it is like
1: it. jarring because it, it, there's so much more... Information with the iMessages. You know when it's been delivered. Sometimes people have read messages. Oh, and I used to produce.
0: I would get angry if I was like texting somebody to come on the show and they like it wouldn't go to
1: iMessage. (laughs) Because you don't know. Did they get the message? Is it an Android? What happened? I had that problem yesterday.
2: I was texting with Bick who was in the studio. Texting a number back and forth, it was literally stuck in cyberspace for thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it might have only been Tim Hunter,
1: <laughs> only Tim Hunter. This is this is why WhatsApp is is so valuable. So, what's the best round you shot, Ben? Oh. Sixty four. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, is like the tournament in a couple weeks,
0: the Canadian Open, or <laughs> <laughs> I just did the qualifier for the Canadian Open? Oh, oh no, big sh- <laughs> like big shot. No, over I mean, here. I mean, okay, he's, he's legit. We we need to know more about uh, Ben's attempt at qualifying. Who, for who do the, you have uh, in
1: the PGA Championship? I lo- I was gonna say Roy McIlroy right. for the week, and then tough round today. Yeah, Zalatoris had it going. Yeah, right. And I think I know that of the last all the major championships at Southern Hills, it's seven for
2: seven for the 36 hole leader going on to win the tournament. So if you're putting Whew. a bet down, I'd put I'd bet on Zalatoris right now. He's looking pretty good. We Yo,
1: man, we have knowledge over here. We have a gem in <laughs> Ben. We did find out till Friday.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, we're way late here on the mailbag. Uh, so. Take the break, and we'll do something else in the six o'clock hour. Stan Richo, Satyar Shah, on Canuck Central.